0: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I am Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN radio. It's a red game Monday, but Harry, it's a red game Monday. Shorty, we're going to get everybody ready for game six of the NLCS between the Arizona Dimebacks and Philadelphia Phillies and Philadelphia, then game seven tonight when it comes to the Texas Rangers and the Houston Nationals in the American League Championship Series. But Harry, we know that's not important. What's important is that our show feels a lot better this Monday, because last Monday, the only one that felt good about this show was me. This Monday, everybody feels good. My teams didn't lose when it comes to the Cowboys and Jets because they didn't play. They had a bye week. Should beat the bye week all the time. Harry Douglas, his Falcons wanted the buzzer. But the most important thing, Harry, is Devin Kane and Shannon Penn, out two producers, Ooh. the two Giants fans. <laughs> they're, feeling, they're feeling so good about their team that they are fortunate that you are not going to bang on them for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah, pause, pause. Uh, celebrate <laughs> good times, come on. Du, 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 du. <laughs> Giants finally got them a win, Freddie. I uh-huh. know uh, it's just their their second one of the season, but I think the most important thing here, and uh-huh. I gotta make sure I address these Atlanta Falcons the correct way. Okay. First place uh-huh. in the NFC South, Atlanta Falcons. Wow. All That's came true. down to a kick. 16 to 13. It was young way Koo. Cool. A lot of people may ask me who, uh-huh. and I'm gonna tell them cuckoo.
0: Cuckoo right. Young
1: Way Coo, baby. If That's how we're gonna address the Falcons today. NFC first place Atlanta Falcons currently at the moment.
0: And speaking of Cuckoo, it was so bad, not for your first place Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South. Let's give respect to their name. Let's put some respect on their name. Yeah. When it comes to the Falcons. Wing up the buzzer with a K. Yeah, not S P E C T. S P E C K when it comes to that. It was so bad for the Washington commanders and their fans. Base with the Giants beating their team, it led one of their own Jonathan Allen to say, We lost to the Giants. I've had enough of this. They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Gotta be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that? Yes, it does. I'm tired, of oh boy. I'm tired of this. Oh boy. Tired of this bullshit. Oh. It's been seven oh. years oh. of the same. Oh. Oh. Tired of this. Woo. Oh.
1: What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> you know you were upset when Devin Kane and Shannon Pinch Giants team beat your team and you said, I've had enough of this when oh, it comes to Jonathan mad.
1: Allen. He big mad. <laughs> But that that's what I understand where he's coming from, right? You you talk about two of the teams in the National Football League who aren't the greatest, right? If we're just being honest, in mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. Yeah, and the Washington Commanders found themselves losing to both of those teams. So I mm-hmm. could understand the frustration of Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. And guys gotta get it together, right? Collectively, as a group. It's not just one person, it's people here, there. Absolutely. Everyone together gotta come together and, and make sure this thing gets get uh heading in the right direction Uh or Ron Rivera won't be having a job after the season. Yeah.
0: He's going to be unemployed. Ron Rivera. If this keeps up with the Washington commanders, whether you're unemployed or not, you can always be a part of Freddie and Harry nation. Do that. in the Dr. Pepper call in line at triple eight, say ESPN. That's eight, 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 seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season or beep or beep or another beep without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. It's the one fans deserve. The main thing, the main thing. The main thing, the main thing. The main thing, the
2: main thing. The main thing, the main
0: thing. The main thing thing with Freddie and Harry. Uh, Well, that was fun for the Miami Dolphins. (laughs) Second time this year. They had to play a more physical team, a team that was going to bring that hammer all over the place offense, defense, special teams, and they did get hammered. Now, I'll give the Dolphins credit. Even though they lost 31-17 to, to the Philadelphia Eagles, they were able to find a way to have it to come back from 17-3 to make it a 17-17 game, and they pick up Jalen Hurts, off that deflection, they get the touchdown from the defense, and all of a sudden, that was a pretty nervous building when it came to Lincoln Financial Field. But after that, the Eagles said they're going to make things awfully, awfully physical, and now the narrative has completely shifted once again, from the Dolphins being among the best of the best in the AFC to... How good are the Miami Dolphins after what happened last night to the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Yeah, and I think when you looked at the Philadelphia Eagles and their defensive line, Jalen Carter, Hassan Reddick, those guys really stopped the run game and yeah. also made it difficult at times for Tua Tonga And you look at the Miami Dolphins as a football team from a rushing perspective, right? 12 carries for 45 yards. But that's not going to get it because when you're playing a team like the Philadelphia Eagles and they control the time of possession, right? They had mm-hmm. the ball 13 more minutes. Than the Miami Dolphins. Now the Miami Dolphins coming into that matchup last night, they averaged eleven plus possessions uh, per game this season. They only had eight in that ball game. So you have to you have to capitalize on every moment, right? Tyreek Hill had a big drop uh, down in the red zone. It probably would have been a touchdown. They ended up getting three points um, off of that. Mm -hmm. So there are little things here and there that could have, you know, the Dolphins could have done better. But the Eagles, I gotta give gotta give them a lot of credit. Jalen Hurts didn't have the best game last week. Came back, did everything he could for his team. No AJ Brown, I don't think we're talking enough about AJ Brown as a wide receiver.
0: Four straight Collectively, games, one hundred twenty-five yards receiving. Yes, yeah. as a
1: whole, when it comes to the entirety of the National Football League, we talk about Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. But who's the second league receiver in in, in in the National Football League right now? AJ Brown. He showed up big last night. Ten catches, one hundred thirty-seven yards. And Dallas Goddard, National I Tight know. End Day. The yes. tight end showed up. And showed out yesterday across the National Football <laughs> Didn't they? Mark Dallas Andrews. I was a part of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark Andrews and the Ravens. We'll talk about him in a second. Travis Kelsey, even his boot, Taylor, split into the building for the Kansas City Chiefs. But you make a great point in terms of the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts will back, it as their quarterback. Everybody knew exactly what was up going into this game because everybody is somebody in this football team.
1: I think it was um, a ton of growth and a ton of areas for us as a football team from top down. And um, that's what it's about. That's what it's about, every person in that um, organization, in this organization. Um, is owning a growth mindset and growing um, and just trying to be the best that we can be, you know. And then I think the um, one thing we, ha- we can never forget of is
0: um, that everyone has a role. Everybody has a role.
1: Ooh, I'm glad he said that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Everybody has a role. It's not just me, A.J. Brown, defense, everybody on this team. We know exactly what that's going to be about. Yeah, your stars are going to be stars, and your stars are going to play like superstars. And that happened last night. The Eagles defense got out to Miami. A.J. Brown did his thing. You mentioned Dallas guard at the the tight end position. DeAndre Swift being able to run the football effectively, help out their quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Everybody had a chance to be a star, but they weren't going to do it at the expense of everybody else. And it's amazing, Harry, seven days ago, what was the narrative about the Philadelphia Eagles? What's wrong with this team? Nope. Why aren't they looking like the Eagles last year? Never mind the fact they were 5-1. and one. What's wrong with the Eagles? Seven days later, man, ask the Eagles. Man, they look good because everybody has a role. Now asking the same questions about a Dolphins team because of what has happened the two times they played physical teams where they got the blood-beaten island by the Buffalo Bills, 40-20, to 20, and the last night they just got dominated physically in the fourth quarter by the Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of conversation, you and I talked about that, was like, yeah, when are they going to bring in the schedule of Miami Dolphins as soon as that game was over? That's exactly what a lot of people did about the teams they beaten that aren't quote-unquote any good relatively speaking, in the NFL, and compared to the Buffalo Bills and also the Philadelphia Eagles last night.
1: So, Freddie, here's the stigma now for the Miami Dolphins, right? They're going to beat up on the teams that they're supposed to beat up on, but when it comes to these teams that we think are supposed to be in the upper echelon, when it comes to the National Football League, yeah. they're not going to be able to beat those teams. And until they're able to do that on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. the narrative is going to be the same over and over and over again. You've got to figure out, if you're the Miami Dolphins, how to get these wins. And in particular, you got to figure out how to get these wins on the road because there's right. no telling – where you're, seated, where you're going to be seated in the playoffs if you make it to the playoffs this year, right? No doubt. So no doubt. you have to be able to win tough games against tough opponents on the road. Now, let me say this about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think they're so strong and so close-knit from the inside that their circle is so small that no one outside could penetrate it. And, and, and that, that was displayed last night on Sunday Night Football everyone has a role. Everyone knows their role. And I think that's so Mm -hmm. important because a lot of times when it comes to sports and even everyday life, people don't understand their role. And next thing you know, you have friction over here, you have friction over there and things are dismantled. Well, that's not the case with the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone understands their role, whether it's a big role, small role, medium sized role. When everyone understands that, you're going to have a bounce-back game like they did last night coming off of the dis- uh, disappointing loss that they had to the New York Jets and basically embarrassing yeah. getting beat up by the New York Jets.
0: Did you learn anything by what happened yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Dolphins last night like that? 31-17, to 17, let us know at say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's part of Freddie Harry Nation, a Dr. Pepper calling line. Did you learn anything after what happened last night when it comes to the Eagles and the Dolphins? 888-729-3776. If you pay attention to Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel, he learned something about his team.
1: If you're going to lose games, you want it to be um, against a really good team and you want it to hurt. Um, and, you know, there's the, the collection of coaches and players um, in the locker room right now are hurting um, because, you know, they feel like uh, they, they left some plays on the field for sure.
0: It's very telling when your coach says you want it to hurt when you lose to a good team. Harry, it's the NFL. It better hurt no matter who you play.
1: I was just about to say, like, he,
0: <laughs> like he, I hope he's not trying to give his guys motivation for it to hurt when they lose. Guys, when you guys lose to a team like the Eagles, if it hurts a little bit more, that's okay. We'll put a Band-Aid on it. We'll kiss the boo-boo, and we're going to be better. Now, if we have lost to a really bad team, man, I don't know what to tell you guys. I thought that was very I got to be honest with you, Freddie. My, my
1: wife, if she was in here right now, she's in the other room. If she was right here on this microphone right now, she would tell you mm-hmm. how I act yeah. when we lost football games.
0: I know how you act now. It, you don't even listen, play anymore. <laughs>
1: in, in college, uh-huh. my birthday weekend, we lost to Kentucky. i never forget it. Right. And, Going back to my place, parents, everybody set up a birthday party for me. Uh-huh. Went in my room, closed the door. It
0: hurt that, that bad, that, did that, That's
1: how deep it is for me. It hurt that and, bad. And I, and I would hope, you know, not saying everyone has to be like that, but I would hope, you know, after losing a football game, you, know, right. you don't have people going, hey, let's party, let's do our thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. I See, I didn't like those kind of teammates. I really didn't. Kiki, ha ha, laughing at the loss, like everything's good. No, we just gotta ask what, man. Right. Like we gotta figure out what we did wrong. Mm-hmm. What the hell is so funny to you?
0: You're right. We got plenty. Of time I am on the bus in the plane. Yeah. What's so funny to you? You know what it is because, and it's not to say that you cared more than other teammates. It's just you're like, look, this means so much to me. I don't want anything to get in the way of what potential happiness, yep. what potential wins, what potential special season could get in the way. I thought it was very kind of new ages from Mike McDaniel. Because you know if that was Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know if that is Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know that is Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. They're not saying if you're going to lose, have it hurt because you lost to a good team. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't fly with certain people. Jeff in North Carolina, 888-729-3776. Jassy Jeff, what you got to say about last night between the Dolphins and the Eagles, my friend?
2: Hey, Freddie and Harry. Love the show, man. You appreciate guys you. keep me going. Uh, I drive home from West Virginia a lot on Thursdays, five-hour drive.
0: Oh, safe travels, man. If we could just your destination safe, then we're doing our job. So we appreciate that, man, and we appreciate the listen, Jeff. What you got?
2: Yeah, so I'm a longtime Dolphins fan, been with the team since my father liked them in the 70s. Uh I think the team is trending in the right direction, but a lot of people are not talking about the whole left side of the offensive line was out. Not making any excuses. Right. Tyron Armstead, uh, Connor Williams, the regular center. Uh, Jalen Ramsey didn't play. Uh, Xavier Howard didn't play. We got like four guys in the secondary that's coming off uh, IR in the next two or three weeks. Nick Needham, uh, uh, nobody's talking about the ten penalties that we had, some was you know somewhere on us, but ten penalties they say it hadn't been an n f l game in seventy years where one team got penalized and another team did not
1: well i I would say this right from a offensive line perspective, I understand what you're saying, but right we can make that case for a lot of. Teams of the National Football League week in and week out, right? We just yeah. seen the San Francisco 49ers last week lose to the Cleveland Browns, Absolutely. and they had two of their most dynamic playmakers and their left tackle, who's one of the best in the game, beat up, right? So it is, the, it is what it is, man. You got to go out there, and everyone's mm-hmm. a professional for a reason. Now, I'm not saying you have to play at the tip top level Absolutely. of the guy that's ahead of you, but you got to be able to hold a fort down. That's why you're getting paid a lot of money. So it is what it is each week when injuries occur. You just got to go out there and you got to do what you got to do. But I will say this, for the Miami Dolphins in their defense, they allowed you know, the Eagles to be four for six in the red zone. Absolutely. Four for four on fourth down. And
0: not commit one penalty.
1: Exactly. So some of those penalties for the Miami Dolphins was warranted. Yep. Because there's no way wide receivers should be getting false start penalties. That boggles
0: my mind. It makes me put my eyes out of my head. When a guy's looking down at the football – I don't care if he's a wide receiver or even Christian Wilkins, who is literally looking four, at the ball four feet away from the ball, offsides. I don't understand that. I know you're trying to anticipate things, but when you're looking at the football, when the ball moves, you move. Yep. The ball don't move, you don't move. And I saw too much of that. I've seen a lot of that so far, not just in the NFL, but also in the college football level. Lynn in Los Angeles, a little birdie told me you had the Eagles game last night. What did you learn last night about either, either team, Lynn?
3: Uh, yes, sir. I was at the Eagles game, just landed back in L.A. Longtime fan. Watch every play. I got to tell you, uh, first couple years, I admit, I was not a Jalen Hurts believer. Last year, obviously, had the big breakthrough, and I was like, all right. The things I was worried about, processing, getting through reads, getting rid of the ball, I'm good with all that. He looks like he's broken through. It seems like, look, he's a great quarterback, but he has definitely taken a step back this year. Something is different in terms of how he processes, how long he holds the ball. I think he's the second longest Mm -hmm. holding the ball in the pocket other than Fields. And the thing that really has me worried, I know he's a $50 million man. They clearly told him, we don't want you taking hits. I get that. But that's a big part of his game, is running. And he, I don't know if you guys see this, he jogs and sits down. And as you know, Harry, the way you get hurt in football is trying not to get hurt. And he's going to get hurt because he doesn't run and slide. He doesn't sprint out of bounds. He kind of jogs and sits, and guys fall on top of him awkwardly, his legs bending. And I'll tell you, I don't know if this is when he got hurt because he came out with a knee brace at halftime, but he jogged to the sidelines with a linebacker behind him, and he got rolled up going out of bounds on the Eagles sideline. And after that, he was limping, and then he had a knee brace.
1: I think it was either that play, and it was another one, though, when he did uh, uh, slide down, Mm -hmm. he slid kind of awkwardly. And Mm -hmm. when he got up, I was like, oh, man, did he hurt his knee? Mm -hmm. But I will say this. um, He looked better last
0: night not holding the football, though.
1: He did, but he he understands that where this football team will be if he's not available, if he's not out there. Absolutely. So I'm not going to sit up here and say I blame him for – you know, sliding down and not want, wanting to take those hits. Mm-hmm. The goal at the at the beginning of the season, when your head coach get in those meeting rooms, is hey, we need everyone healthy throughout the year. And what good is the Philadelphia Eagles in Jalen Hurts if yep. he's not there when the playoff run begins? This is a team right now that's six and one, right? <laughs> they're not one and six; they're Amen. six and one. Yeah. And even though they've had some issues this year across the board, right? Yeah. They've still figured out how to wrap their their minds around things and get wins. And that says a lot about me as a football team because that's what the great teams are able to do. When things aren't going correctly, if things aren't going right, things yeah. aren't going your way, you still figure out ways to win. Yeah. But I thought last night, I thought he did a great job, especially finding his tight end in his, in his number one wide receiver.
0: Because he found Goddard and Devontae Smith early, but he didn't forget about A.J. Brown. And when they yeah. really needed it, A.J. Brown was able to live for this team in addition to the running game. And also, here's another thing to your point about staying healthy because that is paramount in the National Football League, especially that position. They can ill afford him to get injured compared to last year because Gardner Minshew is not their backup quarterback. Marcus Mariota is their backup quarterback. What I just said, the Eagles fans should send you screaming out of your house right now. Should have you putting two feet on the brakes in your car saying, wait a minute, we really need him to be healthy. Because the last thing you need is a Jalen Hurts gets injured and Marcus Mariota gets in the lineup. Not, I don't wish for anybody to be injured. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm not even rooting for the Eagles. I want, I want misery to go to that team because of how good they are. But if I'm an Eagles fan, when he got injured last year, you had a quality guy in Gardner, Minshew, who gave it to the Browns yesterday. He was giving it to him yesterday, but over 300 yards passing. Your brother, Jalen Hurts, gets injured this year, Harry Douglas. Marcus Mariota becomes your quarterback. If that does not have you pulling your ears out of the side of your head, you should really get on your knees every night and say, our oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, <laughs> please keep Jalen Hurts healthy. We do not need Marcus Mariota in our lineup. And if that doesn't happen, we'll be good. In Jesus' eagles' name, Ah, we pray. Amen. <laughs> that's what they should be saying as Eagles fans right now to make sure that Jalen Hurts does not get injured because your backup quarterback is garbage when it comes to Marcus Mariota. Listen, Marriott. the
1: man is so valuable to his football team. He, the Eagles cannot afford for him to get hurt. Even when Gardner Minshew took over last year, that's, we actually seen how valuable... Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was to that, to that team in that organization, right? Because no what doubt. was the talk last year, last year up until he got hurt? Well, he has all this around him. Okay, mm. a lot of teams in the National Football League with these quarterbacks have a lot around them. Hell, I ain't hear people say that about Joe Burrow.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what mm. I mean? huh. Patrick Mahomes, it.
1: when he first came into the league, he had a lot around him as well.
0: Keep going. Right, so talk Justin Herbert
1: talk. has a lot around him. Obviously, he just can't do nothing with it. That's a story for another day. We're <laughs> hey, gonna get, a, ladies oh, and gentlemen, we're gonna get him tomorrow. Don't y'all worry. We're well, we we gonna get him. He tomorrow. better not be the
0: only one that charges the organization that gets it because his coach has failed him at times too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I'm not saying. Yes, Lord. I'm just saying. Keep weighing it at Triple A, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Part of the Dr. Pepper calling line. Part of Freddie Harry Nation. What did you learn about the Eagles and the Dolphins when it comes to the winner, the Eagles, and the loser, the Dolphins? Eagles now 6 1, Dolphins now 5 8, 8, 8, 2, 888 7, 7, <laughs> Speaking of birds, wow, if this is what the Baltimore Ravens are going to look like, then everybody not named Kansas City should be scared in the AFC. We'll get to that and what happened to those Lions. That's next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get five dollars off with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
3: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: He's Harry Douglas, and Freddie Coleman on this Reggae Monday, known as Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius X and Channel 80, as well as telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget, it, we're only on to an hour and a half for tonight, meaning until 4.30 Eastern time to get everybody ready for Game 6, the NLCS between the Diamondbacks and Philadelphia, including the Phillies, and then after that game 7, the ALCS between the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. By the way, Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Harry, I'll throw this at you. I'll throw it out, people out there as well at 888 729 What did we really learn by the Ravens' takedown of the Detroit Lions yesterday? Because that game was not as close as the final of 38-6.
1: to I'll say the most important thing that came out from that game is that Lamar Jackson, as a pocket passer, has gotten better. Right, and I, and I love that he put it on display versus the Detroit Lions, who were a top 10 defensive football team heading into that game yesterday, right? 21 to 27, 357 yards and three touchdowns. But it was Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. When things weren't there, him still improvising and making plays, keeping his eyes downfield. I yeah. uh, also love the simple fact that Todd Munkin was on full display as an offensive coordinator. And it all started with the second play of the game off, on, uh, offensively. You talk about a zone read, right? Mm-hmm. You have a zone read. You send Zay Flowers in motion to the right. So mm-hmm. now you have a zone read on top of eye candy. Right. Lamar Jackson has four options off of that play. He can hand that ball to the running back. He can keep it and run it. You can throw it to Zay Flowers in the flat or you can throw it to Odell Beckham Jr., which he did on a spot right, a spot route. How in the hell are the Detroit <laughs> Lions going to be right in that situation? And then you have the right tackle pulling to the left, mm-hmm. given the illusion that the ball is being handed off. Right. How? But it wasn't just that play. It was a third and one, right? It was a third and one. No, fourth and one, excuse me. And Lamar Jackson being under center. That's why I think it's so important and very, very imperative that these quarterbacks – take snaps under center. Amen. But him being under center, under center, faking the power to the right. But then you have two guys pulling now. And then your left tackle and Ronnie Staley is just sitting out there waiting on you. Sitting out there waiting on you to be your lead blocker and he runs it in for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Then you do a QB sweep to the right to the right hand side. Oh which everyone thought it was going to be and then you pull the football up and throw it to a wide open Mark Andrews for an explosive play. This offense yesterday, Freddie had 10 plays of 20 yards or more, 10 explosive plays. That's unbelievable. I think this offense is finally starting to find their groove. And Lamar Jackson, and I said it last year, and I'll say it every time I get a chance this season, if Lamar Jackson is healthy, the Baltimore Ravens will be in the thick of any and everything that you want to talk about, not just AFC-wise, but the National Football League As a whole.
0: They had 355 yards of total offense in the first half, Baltimore. Let me say that out loud again. They had 355 yards of total offense in the first half. There are some NFL teams that don't get that in two games combined, much less what they did in the first 30 minutes of that game against, like you mentioned, a really good Detroit Lions defense that they made look like a Pop Warner team in the first half and in the second half. And I don't know who the defensive back was, that poor Ronnie Staley, he bench-pressed him, not just in the stands. He took him to the concession stands, to the parking lot, put him on the bus but going home. But that's bad home. by him,
1: Freddie. Listen, I, I
0: – Yeah, why is that bad you by him? You live the
1: play another day. I understand, yeah. my man, that you want to try to take on the
0: offensive tackle. <laughs> just let it go?
1: What's that little saying? <laughs> F around and find out. That's it right there. <laughs> F around and find out. He found out. Ronnie Stanley put that man almost to the wall. Right. Out of bounds.
0: Wow. By the way, real quick, we got a little Adam Schefter bomb, ESPN NFL insider. The Tennessee Titans, one of the Harry Douglas' former teams in the NFL, they're trading all-pro defensive back Kevin Bayer to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are sending the Titans a 2024 fifth and sixth rounder and safety Terrell Edmonds, Edmonds excuse me, multi-league sources telling ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. Tennessee Titans are trading their all-pro defensive back Kevin Byard to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are sending a 20 24 fifth and sixth rounder and safety Terrell Edmonds in return to the Tennessee Titans as a part of this trade.
1: Know Kevin Byard very well. He was a teammate of mine when I was with the Tennessee Titans, one of the smartest human beings I've ever been around. From the moment he stepped on uh, with the organization as a rookie, him and Logan Ryan were best friends, right? So right. he got to learn from one of, the, one of the pros pro in the National Football League.
0: Well, Devin, Ken- Kane, Devin Kane has a question for you regarding this uh-huh. trade, one of our producers. Harry, how do, how do the Eagles keep getting away with this, man?
1: <laughs> man, bro, I don't know. But, but, but that was going to be my next thing. Uh-huh. You talk about the Eagles getting a guy – Mm-hmm. that is very valuable to their secondary, Absolutely. a guy that can blitz, a guy that can cover, oh a guy that's instinctive, a guy that can play deep, a guy that can play in the box, mm-hmm. very instinctive player. And what KB did, Kevin Byard, that is, for the Tennessee Titans in their organization right. all the years leading up to this moment have been phenomenal. That's why at one point he was the highest paid safety in the game because he earned every dollar to his name. But the Eagles said, you know what? Mm-hmm. We understand that we got to get better on that back end. We lost three safeties last year, so we're going out and getting care Kevin Byard. Yep. But I, I got you got to give their front office a lot of credit. Harry they don't Rose waste wins. time. Yep. Mm. They don't waste time. If they feel like they need something, they right. go out there and they get
0: it. And especially when you think about this trade. By the way, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. After they beat the fool out of the Commanders, because if our boy Jonathan Allen was upset with the Giants being on Sunday, wait until the Eagles get a hold of his team next week. Even though that game was the overtime the first time around, the Eagles are not going to let that happen the second time around. This trade was made because you got the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the 49ers between November 5th and December 3rd. And then you got the Cowboys again. So between November 5th and December 10th, Cowboys twice, Chiefs, Bills, and 49ers. You need help on the back end when you got to go against those receiver groups with those different teams and those offenses that the Eagles are about to encounter with November right around the corner.
1: And they're getting a player who's the ultimate pro, a guy that's great at communication, which is very important in the back end of any defense, Mm -hmm. a guy that's instinctive, which is very important because that means he's going to be a playmaker and make plays, and a guy that loves football. He loves football. And he pays close attention to detail, right? When you have a player that's that's detail-oriented...
0: And the Eagles are a detail-oriented organization. You're right. Your
1: chances of having success shoots through the roof that much more.
0: Okay, right. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Like we mentioned in news of the day regarding the NFL training deadline, by the way. Is eight days away, but the Eagles not waiting for that. They get Kevin Byte, all pro defensive back from the Tennessee Titans. They send a 2024 fifth and sixth rounder the other way, and also safety to Edmonds. Back to another team that flies, it's flying high called the Baltimore Ravens. You mentioned about Lamar Jackson having these kind of weapons. He also knows having these kind of weapons, it feels good to see the offense clicking. I mean, it's
4: pretty good. You know, I, that's what we expect it. That's what we expect out of each other. You know, our <laughs> offense to be. Moving the ball down the field, no problem in front of points on the board. But we need to just keep being consistent.
0: That's the biggest aspect I've got out of this game. Ryan Clark, when he was on Get Up Today, former NFL All Pro defensive back, does a great job with Get Up and also on first take when he fills in as well. He said it best about Lamar Jackson with this offense, Harry, the, the trampling of what you said about five minutes ago. He said, he doesn't have to be special every play now. But when he is special, it has an impact. I go to that play. Where he ran around for 9.2 seconds, and then he found Nelson Aguilar in the back of the end zone, and that place went bananas down in Baltimore, and you could clearly see the body language of the Detroit Lions just completely sink to the turf after he made that kind of play. I thought Ryan Clark was spot on saying, you know what? When you're special, it has an impact. You don't have to be special if you play. Because of that, Harry, now you reduce those kind of stressful plays where he doesn't feel that he has to be special every play. It's nice that now he's still Superman, but he's got other help from the members of the Justice League where he does not have to take down villains alone in the National Football League.
1: And that was the plan, right, coming into this season. That's why you go out there and get an Odell Beckham Jr. That's why you draft a Zay Flowers. That's why you have confidence in a Rashad Bateman coming Mm -hmm. back. That's why you have confidence in Mark Andrews as your tight end. And I think when you look at this football team, as long as Lamar is healthy, and let me remind a lot of people, right? In 2022, this was the number one team in the AFC North before yeah. Lamar Jackson got hurt. In Amen. 2021, this was the number one football team in the AFC Conference before Lamar Jackson got hurt. Mm-hmm. You have a chance any and every way. And I would say this, Freddie, when I was calling the Ravens and Browns game, it was Lamar Jackson and his special abilities right. that got them to, to all their explosive plays, right? Going to the left, about to get sacked, And jumping in the air and throwing the ball to Mark Andrews, that ended up being an explosive play. Finding Zay Flowers after scrambling around in the pocket uh, deep down into the uh, tight red zone. All these type of things led by Lamar Jackson, him scoring a touchdown on on, on, uh, their first touchdown in that game on a quarterback run. All these type of things are mm-hmm. done because of Lamar Jackson and his special abilities. Not everyone can walk out there at the quarterback position and say, you know what, I'm going mm-hmm. to be special when I have to be special because everyone don't have their luxury. Right. But Lamar Jackson does, and I'm happy and proud that he's a Louisville alum. Yeah. C-A-R-D-S, cards, cards, cards. Go, Repres- Lamar, go. I,
0: I like the way you represent your alma mater. You always yeah. got to represent when they, when they rep like that like he did yesterday, you deserve to put out the fighting song, the fighting letters of the Louisville cards. On the other side, it's a different kind of five-letter word when it comes to L-I-O-N-S. Hey, <laughs> Dan Campbell, what happened to your Lions team yesterday?
4: Those guys, they, they played well. They kicked our and it's uh, a credit to them. Lamar beat us. He hammered us with his arm, you know. He, he threw the ball extremely well. He ran when he needed to, and we did not handle it well, you know. Our, our energy was good. Which is crazy. You come out of a game like that and you look at the score, our energy was good. But our detail and discipline, which has been so good over the last four or five weeks, was not good enough. So self-induced, that was a combination of a lot of different, a lot of different things, you know. And just like we win as a team, we lose as a team. And that was, that was one of those.
1: He was correct. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. beat them. But also, don't discredit that defense of the Baltimore Ravens. Because they beat the hell out of your offense, who's supposed to be the most physical in the National Football League. Because that defense of the Baltimore Ravens, they had five sacks. They forced three straight three and outs to start the game that allowed Lamar Jackson and that offense to get the football back. They stopped the run, right? They won the line of scrimmage. So don't just say Lamar Jackson. We understand that part about it. Tell the entire story. Because that defense of the Baltimore Ravens, who've been phenomenal all season, Yep. Kicked your ass too, coach. Just yeah. thought I'd let you know.
0: Yeah, the defense treat that offense like trash on the highway. <laughs> Just got to yep. be picked up put in the back. Picked up put in the back. That's what that defense not only did that to the Lions offense, the same way the offense of the Ravens did that to the Lions defense. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, I'm Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to use the word premature when it comes to two bills, the ones in Buffalo and that one that's still going to be there in New England. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. We get to the two bills when it comes to the word premature. Those up in Buffalo and that one still in New England. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together in his reggae Monday, i Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80 and tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. By the way, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Harry, explain this to me. Like I mentioned, we tell people all the time, Your expertise from playing in the NFL and now you're not the NFL. You played with two different teams in 10 years. You're going to know more about football, forgot more about football than any of us will ever know. Explain to me why a Buffalo Bills team that was so good in running the play action game where they were just killing people outside that first game against the Jets have completely abandoned that. And they've lost two out of the last three games, including yesterday losing to the Patriots by a count of 29 to 25.
1: I think it's a lack of number one, of coaches understanding what's the best for their offense overall and there are times where this offense and Josh Allen does some miraculous things Mm -hmm. but I think they rely too much on you know number one Stefan Diggs rightfully so I understand that but then Josh Allen just figure it out make it work yep and Mm -hmm. I think they're they really lack creativity offensively because I can only think about or imagine if someone within the Shanahan system, mm-hmm. if they had the weapons and the toys that the Buffalo Bills have, what they can do offensively Right. so things don't look so crazy here and there. Now, also watching this football game, I got to give some credit to the Patriots defensive line because they really got Josh Allen off of his spot mm-hmm. and made him have to try to be Superman just about every time he went back to pass. But for Ken Dorsey and also Sean McDermott and company, those guys have to hone in and zero in on what this offense does well right. and try to mimic some of those things frequently when you're on offense. I think what also would have helped that if you rush the football more than 24 times.
0: Yeah, exactly. That would
1: help that, that play-action pass game.
0: And see, I don't worry about not trusting the Buffalo Bills. My big concern is I don't trust the offense coordinator when it comes to Ken Dorsey because something that really, really worked. For example, look on the other side, how that looked with Mac Jones, the quarterback of the Patriots. It seemed like for the first time all year long, he looked like a very free quarterback. It was as if somebody told Bill Belichick, Bill, why did you bring Bill O'Brien here? if you're going to hamstring him when you know that guy can call plays and make things work for your offense. It was variety. It was, had so many different things. They got the ball to playmakers quickly. DeMario Davis able to step up and make some plays for this football team. It's like he finally said to Bill Belichick, meaning Bill O'Brien, offense coordinator, why are you wasting that guy's time? But more importantly, why are you wasting my time? And we also have the report that Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, other people saying that he signed a long-term extension stay in New England. So all that speculation can end right now if they're going to move on from him no matter what happens when it comes to Bill Belichick and maybe his last stance in New England. But if you're going to continue this way with Mac Jones, your quarterback, you got to allow him to do the kind of things we saw yesterday against the defense. They're still missing some critical parts, but still in effect the defense. But he looked the most comfortable Mac Jones I've seen a quarterback since he's been with the Patriots in the National Football League.
1: Mac Jones had a phenomenal game ladies and gentlemen, 25 or 30, 272 yards and two touchdowns. But also, I thought Bill O'Brien, and here's the difference, right? When you have Ken Dorsey for the Buffalo Bills, who's in his second year as an offensive uh, coordinator, and yeah. then you have Bill O'Brien, who's been there, done that at the college level, NFL level, at a high level. Because I literally wrote in my notes, Freddie, mm-hmm. the different things that New England was doing offensively, whether it was the first play of the game, where they motioned Demario Douglas over to the left side and throw him a bubble screen, they got nine yards from the naked bootleg from using a ghost action with the run game. What the ghost action is, say, is, what when, is that when a wide receiver comes back behind the running back and fake like he's getting a reverse, mm-hmm. now it's eye candy to the defense and then they had an explosive run off of that with the running back. And also um I think Demario Davis is a guy that New England has to continue to get the football to. I thought he had a, a phenomenal game. He had a third and one situation where he came up with a huge catch. Yeah, absolutely. He had a punt return for 25 yards that I think set New England up for a, a field goal. Also, he had a speed sweep, really a, a, an electrifying player, a player that can give them spark when they need it. So they have to figure out ways to get that young man the football. But I just thought – collectively as a whole, offense, defenses, special teams, the New England Patriots may have played their best game this entire year, and it wasn't against a subpar opponent. It was against a team that has won a division in the last three years. So when I look at this football team, and I get to call the game this weekend with Steve Levy, the Mm -hmm. the Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, I want to see can this team have two back-to-back games like that versus a good opponent. Yeah. Right, and, and I think the, the key piece to it, though, is the first down production that they were having on offense. And that first down production allowed them to be in a third and four, third and one, third and three, third and one. And they really took advantage of those situations when they were third and eight, third and long that's when you've seen this offense started to crumble. But if yeah. they can stay in third and short, third and mediums, this team has a chance offensively.
0: Yeah. yeah, because it's amazing even more than ever before. Hey, Bill Belichick, not trying to tell you the dude, you got your 300th win yesterday. It's okay to let playmakers play a little bit. It's okay if you got them to get them to the football. It's okay to say, hey, you know, let's not try this Patriot way. A guy like Mac Jones fell to you. Why are you trying to make sure that you have to guide him? If you still have to guide Mac Jones in year three of his NFL career, then maybe he's not the quarterback. Maybe he's I not would. the guy you need that can build around. He looked so comfortable. It was as if he was with a brand-new football team. It's like he was a trade deadline pickup by somebody. And the reason that is, Bill O'Brien made the trade deadline pickup to say, let me coach this guy. Let me put plays to make this happen. And look what happened yesterday. I know the Bill's a compromise on defense, but that doesn't discount the fact that he looked a hell of a lot better and a lot more comfortable for the first time maybe in his NFL regular season career. Don't look now, but the Philadelphia Eagles did it again. Why does the NFL keep helping this team? That's next on ESPN Radio's Freddie and Harry. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Got my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together we're presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And I always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We're not going to have the four or four hours for you tonight because we're going to be done by 4.30 Eastern time. In a half an hour, we get you ready for not one but two games in the baseball playoffs. The NLCS, that'll take place first. First pitch at 5 or 7 p.m. when you got the Phillies leading that series 3-2 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Then right after that, Game 7, the American League Championship series between the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. The road to the World Series right through ESPN Radio. All the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But Doug Glanville, man, is going to be there in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Phillies trying to push away the Diamondbacks to get to the World Series. we will be on the call. John Buchambi, ESPN Major League Baseball analyst joins us here on Freddie and Harry. Hit him on social media at Doug Glanville Doug I firmly believe this if the Diamondbacks win game 6 tonight that's going to be a very nervous building if there's a game 7 tomorrow night in Philadelphia what are your thoughts on that
4: well no doubt because you know the X factor of the fans here has been game changing I mean it's so loud in here it's so intimidating and it made a big difference for games 1 and 2 all of a sudden if somehow the D-backs figure out how to kind of take that out of the equation and just play their game and they pull off a win, yeah, it's going to be a shock to the system because it's like, all right, wait a minute, are we losing our mojo here in Philly? Uh, So there's no doubt that it it makes a big difference if they can put it away tonight because tomorrow it could be a coin toss. I mean, anything can happen in a one-game situation. And, Doug, when you look at the pitching
1: matchup, you have Kelly versus Aaron Nola, right? The last time these two, t- these two guys faced each other was game two. And when I look at the Phillies lineup, it was Turner with that uh, single home run, that he, 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 a solo home run that he had. It was Schwarber with two of them. Do you think Kelly is going to be ready for this environment and also these hitters because of what we've seen
4: displayed in game two? Well, he'll be ready, and, and he's an excellent pitcher. He's also now gotten that behind him. Now he already had his experience here at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, there's no element of surprise. Uh, he, like Nola, they both are multifaceted pitchers. They throw a lot of different pitches. They have command of all their pitches. And uh, you know, look, he gave up some hits. They were home runs, but he didn't give up a whole lot of other stuff until it was sort of at the end. So he did keep them in in the ball game, so to speak. And uh, and Kelly is a guy that will make a lot of adjustments. He has a lot of history here in the Philadelphia area, so uh, he'll be ready.
0: Doug Glanville, ESPN Major League Baseball Allen's will be on the call for tonight's Game Six as the Phillies take on the Diamondbacks in Philadelphia, leading that series three to two on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We know the Phillies bullpen, bullpen, excuse me, at times has been lights out, but they've had that kind of struggles up and down so far in this series. How should they set their bullpen for the rest of the series if there's going to be a Game Seven? They can't win Game Six tonight, Doug.
4: The best way you can set up a bullpen is have a starter be able to take you deep in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron Nolan is that guy. You know, 200 innings a year, 200 strikeouts a year. Uh, He's just that He's that warrior type to give you that depth. And therefore, when he comes out, he gives the ball to the the manager. That's the situation where the Phillies want to be set up well with their best of their best. Plus, they have the travel day or the day off, so they've been able to reset. All hands are on deck. And we have guys like Alvarado. Uh, you have guys like Dominguez. They have a lot of options, and you know Kimbrel's had his struggles, uh, but they still can use him in matchups. If worst case scenario is not the sort of ninth inning guy, they have a very good bullpen overall. They have been good in the in the postseason, and uh, and they're at home, so they have a chance to really close it
1: out. Now, when
4: you look at
1: the Texas Rangers versus the Astros, you look at what Jose Otuve has been able to do, not just in this playoff series, but throughout his entire career and what he's meant to postseason baseball. Now, you also look at Bryce Harper and what he's been able to do with the Phillies. In your opinion, which guy has been more clutch and which one you think comes up the biggest
4: for their team tonight? Well, just given the history with Altuve and mm-hmm. the fact that he's been able to get the, the W, win the World Series, you have to give a nod to, to the guy who has the rings. Uh, and it's no fault of, like, Bryce Harper's necessarily. It's just that Altuve has been doing this for so long. He, year in, year out has been in the postseason. Year in, year out in the World Series. Uh, you know, there's just – this guy has been legendary as a guy who's done this over time and continues to do it at all phases of his career – uh, Bryce Harper can be that guy, uh, and he's on his way. He's certainly showing that he is the postseason impact player. Uh, and now it's just a matter for Bryce Harper to sort of close it out with his team uh, to get the W. I think that will that will always be, like, the separator, fair or unfair. Uh, that's what we're looking at between these two players. Uh, but Bryce Harper has just shown time and time again this is what he thrives off of. He loves the, the energy that the Philly fans give. It's been a great fit. Uh, For the Phillies to sign Bryce Harper.
0: Doug Glamville, ESPN Major League Baseball analyst, will be on the call tonight with John Bookshamby of Game 6 of the National Championship Series in Philadelphia. As the Phillies host the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Phillies did that series three games to two. He's joining us here in Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and switching gears to the American League Championship Series. Not one home team win so far in the first six games, Doug, and they got a Game 7 tonight after your Game 6 is over. If I ask you to describe that series in one word (laughs) or one phrase, what would that word or phrase be and why?
4: bananas man i mean i I, I, I don't know what's going on there i mean it's it's actually played out sort of how the astros season they were 39 and 42 at home which is strange considering they're a very good team and they were 51 and 30 on the road uh they were just a better road team and it might have just been matchups or just slumps or just things that just played out um you know talking to john shambi uh, when we flew back from Arizona, and he was like, wouldn't you just still rather be home for Game 7? And absolutely, you want to mm-hmm. be home, uh, regardless of what those records say. It's not something you can replicate or try to correct. It's just sort of is, statistically. Uh, but I'll take that last at bat every time. Uh, but I like the Texas rivalry. You have two you know, stalwarts yeah. of the game. You know, Bruce Bochy, Dusty Baker, legends, world champions, uh, just outmaneuvering and... You know, all kinds of things. You get to see baseball at its deepest in terms of its history and the modern game. And uh, it's a lot of fun to watch because these two teams are are like heavyweight boxers. This has been a shaky season for Max Scherzer,
1: and his last outing as a starter wasn't the best as well. Uh, When you look at Bruce Bocce,
4: what do you think his plan should be for his pitchers tonight? Well, he's going to do what he's done a lot with sort of the band-aids that he's put in place because their bullpen is not their strength right. is that you get a long man in there. You get someone that, okay, if Scherzer has a short start for some reason, three innings, four innings, uh, they, can, they can bring out a bridge. You know, they've had Heaney out there, for example. Guys that can give you three innings and set it up. But everybody's going to be available, I mean, regardless. But their bullpen is, is not their strong point, so they have to find the pressure points and find the best matchups possible. Uh, Alvarez, for example, you got to get a lefty that can get him out. Uh, Altuve is another example. Bregman—they have some good hitters that you have to match up well against. That's what Bruce Bochy is going to try to do, and it's critical, more so because they are on the road, right? You can't—you don't have that last opportunity to like mess up, and then all of a sudden you have another at bat to make up for it. Uh, that's going to be the challenge for Bochy, uh, whereas you know Dusty Baker is going to do the same. Uh, but Scherzer is a guy like—you know—this guy eats nails for breakfast. So, I mean, if he's on, this guy's going to give them the game that they're looking for I mean that's that's why they got Max Serger right for the big game
0: he's an FOS friend of the show also does a great job to ESP ESPN Major League Baseball analysts he is Doug Glanville he and John Buchambe will be on the call tonight league championship series doubleheader they'll be there first pitch at 507 Eastern Time in Philadelphia as the Phillies try to close out the Arizona Diamondbacks and go into the World Series by winning a series 4-2 to then after that the ALCS game 17 the Texas Rangers and the Houston Nationals great start Doug Glanville getting us ready for both of those games on Freddie and Harry. Appreciate you, Doug. Enjoy the game tonight as well. Take care and be well.
4: All right, guys. Appreciate it. Great and to be on.
0: And one of the things about it here, real quick, Harry, you and I love baseball. When you have clean old-fashioned hate that we've seen from Texas and Houston, yep. I can't wait to see what Game is going to look like. But if the Phillies lose tonight, that's going to be a very, very nervous building when it comes to Game 7 tomorrow night.
1: Well, it, what Houston was able to do and coming back and winning that game in which they were down and uh, Altuve doing what mm. he normally does. It's getting to a point now, two people that come up comes up the bat in late situations. If it's Alvarez or if it's Altuve. I don't know if I want to pitch to those guys. Absolutely. I, I think I might just be willing, because I've seen them do it over and over again. I think I would will be willing to put those guys on base to not let them beat me themselves.
0: Yeah, you want stars to show up in this situation, but on the other side, you can't allow stars to dictate exactly. The same thing with Bryce Harper, happen. right? Absolutely. At a certain point, you got to look at him and Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I know Schwarber leads off the top. He's at the top of the lineup for the Phillies, but at a certain point, you got to say, man, what's the pitch that he can't get us out on? And yeah. that's the pitch he's going to have to chase. You give him something middle end, and that ball's going to start in the, in the state of Pennsylvania and wind up in the state of Delaware. That's something i got to be careful with. I'm the Diamondbacks pitchers involving both of those guys tonight. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. I don't know how medieval the Philadelphia fans will be tonight for their Phillies. If they're anywhere as near as medieval as their fans were last night when the Eagles beat the Dolphins, and shut up all those naysayers and skeptics about what's wrong with the Eagles and they don't look the same, even though they're five and one and now six and one. And then they do this. They make a trade to help out the back end, meaning their secondary. They're getting all pro defensive back Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans. According to ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter, the Eagles are sending the Titans, a 2024 fifth and sixth rounder, and safety Terrell Edmonds to get back Kevin Byard. Now you got a team that is saying, look, we're all in. It's not just we're happy where we are. We want to make sure that we don't fall short like we did last year. And especially you got the Cowboys twice coming up and the Chiefs and the 49s part of your schedule. you got to do everything you can to help that back end That has been compromised more than a couple of times this year.
1: But, Freddie, for me, so I didn't play video games growing up, but I used to watch my cousins them play it. And mm-hmm. they used to play more to come back. And I think it was a cheat code, a little code you could put in mm-hmm. for something, right? The Philadelphia Eagles have a cheat code. Right, because what right. their owner, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, their general manager, what they're what they've been able to do the last few years in getting players on their roster within their organization to mm-hmm. help them win, it's been phenomenal t- in my opinion. And but it also shows you that they're not going to sit there and talk about things that they could possibly do. Right. They're going to go out and, and show that they're going to make those moves because they believe they can win a championship this year. And I, Kevin Byard, a guy that's instinctive, a guy that pays attention to detail, a guy that's a playmaker, can play in the box, can blitz, can play free safety, can do a multiplicity of different things on the football field. Mm-hmm. I played with him. I know his mindset. Mm-hmm. I know the type of player he is. Right. This is a major, major trade for Philadelphia in their secondary.
0: And you look at the team they played last year in the Super Bowl, with the Chiefs did. You get a Cole Hardman, unleashed from the New York Jets, immediately paying dividends. Yep. What we saw against the Los Angeles Chargers. couple of key catches, that key punt return to put them in a position to take a 24-17 lead, make it a two-score game, 31-17, having that big playability. The Chiefs said, well, he's available. Yeah, we kind of need help with our wide receivers. This way, everybody's not just focusing on trackers. Travis Kelsey, make it harder on him to catch pass from Mahomes. The, the E was like, look, we got Darius Slade Jr., we know he can make some plays in the secondary, but teams are avoiding him and going after everybody else. We got to make sure that we have somebody to fortify our secondary, especially the kind of teams we're playing and the schedule that's coming up. We're going to have top-flight receivers or top-flight offenses that we got to do everything we can to slow them down like they did to the Dolphins offense last night that may be regarded as the best in the league in the NFL.
1: And I think it's smart because, right, in free agency – this this offseason, you lost three guys that started for you in this at the safety position. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys, I believe, CJ Gardner Johnson was tied for the most interceptions in the National Football League. So when, when you have things like that displayed on your football team and yeah. you understand that, you know, coming into the game last night, still the middle of the field was a was a question mark for you. Right. You go trade for a guy like Kevin Bayer, mm-hmm. my Goodness! Waste no time. Don't talk about T. I say don't talk about it. Be about it. Shout it.
0: Yeah, especially the the, Eagles uh,
1: are about it.
0: Yeah, because they got the corners with Bradbury and Slade Jr. They're not worried about that. But Reed Blankenship was out of that game last night. Yep. They don't know how long he's going to be on. He had been playing really good football for the Eagles from that safety position.
1: And Sidney Brown's a rookie, man, right? So you don't really Absolutely. want to thrust rookies yep. into meaningful spots when you get to playoff time like that unless mm-hmm. they're just one of those outliers, a guy that you probably taken in the top 15 of the draft. Right, Right. so getting a guy like Kevin Byard that's played meaningful football, played in the AFC Championship game, uh-huh. uh, understand what it means to be the ultimate pro, you want a guy like that.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Harry Douglas, Freddie coming together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let us know at say espn 888 888-729-3776. You can give us any team you want from yesterday. What did you learn? What did you learn about the Eagles? The way they beat the Dolphins? Or how the Dolphins lost to the Eagles? What the Ravens did to the Lions? Or what the Lions did to themselves versus the Ravens? The Chiefs. Uh, I kept warning you guys. What's wrong with the Chiefs, Freddie? Nothing. They'll be fine. And here they are, the best record in the AFC once again. And all of a sudden, people looking at them differently. Let us know what you learned about any particular team, any particular game. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Because I learned this about the Miami Dolphins. This Miami Dolphins team cannot abandon a running game when things get tough. I know they were missing three offensive linemen. But sometimes the best way to get an offensive line or an offensive lineman confidence is to run the football people. And I know it's hard to do that against that Eagles front. Jalen Carter was back. He and Jordan Davis, they weren't having it. And so now if you're Fletcher, if, if you're Brandon Graham, Fletcher Clocks, you're really, really going to be well-rested by the end of the season. But that doesn't mean you abandon it, especially the minute Jalen Waddle had to leave this game, had with a back injury, did not come back until the third or fourth quarter. If you're Mike McDaniel. You got to do a lot better by your team and help your defense by not just giving up in the running game so early like he did against Buffalo and he lost that game and last night versus Philadelphia and he lost that ball game too.
1: Very, very important that they're able to stick to the run game because of the fact that when I watched this team a season ago in 2022, yes, they threw the football all around, right? But when you get to playoff time, you have to be able to rush the football effectively. And when you... Watch the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, we understand they got the toys and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Travis Kelsey. But when they have to rush the football, it was Pacheco last year rushing the Absolutely. football. Right? When the Cincinnati Bengals had to rush the football at times when they got to do it, they figure out a way – how uh, they figure out how to do it, right? And I, and I think you look at the Philadelphia Eagles a season ago. You look at the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. two teams that were in the NFC Championship Games. Those two teams were at the forefront of rushing the football effectively right. in 2022. So yeah. when it comes to playoff football, you have to be, you can't be one-dimensional. you yeah. got to be able to run the football when you need to yeah.
0: do it. Modern football, you need playmakers, and it doesn't matter where they are. Running the football, catching the football, whatever that is. If you have playmakers, you can find a way to get them the football, especially when that running game is so critical to the success of Miami Dolphins. Two games they gave up on it early. They lost both of those games to more physical teams. Scott in Wisconsin, thanks for hitting us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. Scott, what you got, my friend? Hey,
4: guys. Thanks for the call. Um, Freddie, I love the late night. FM DJ voice. Harry, <laughs> I wish I was your neighbor. because Like, Mr. Positive Excitement.
0: Amen. And
4: I, you, your zip code is probably a little higher rate than mine, but still.
0: Just love the show. <laughs> um,
4: I want to know, with my Packers, so is this just too many young guys? Is this coaching? Is this a combination of everything? I mean, they were awful yesterday.
1: Honestly, I, th- I think it's a combination of everything, right? And, mm-hmm. and this was a year where I put a lot of pressure on Matt LaFleur, the head coach, because he actually had to do a ton of coaching. Not saying he didn't do coaching before, right. but when you have an Aaron Rodgers, a guy that's a walking Hall of Famer, four-time MVP award winner, and a Super Bowl champion, it makes things a lot easier. Jordan Love yesterday, right, his interception, mm. and you're down two points and you can go down and kick a field goal and potentially win the game. His interception to me really blew my mind because if you throw that ball like to the front pylon yeah. right on, on a pylon route, your guy is probably the only person who has a chance. Mm. But instead, it looked like he was aiming the football instead of actually throwing it. And it ended up being inside and resulted in an interception. It's just something's off right now. For him to start the way he started, but then look the way he's looked the last few games. I I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't look right right now for them. Well,
0: you know this. and, And, Scott, this is something you have to think about your young quarterback. When you get film on somebody, they figure out what you can and what you can't do. There's enough film right now in Jordan Love where they can say, okay, he's not going to cut it loose and throw the ball in those tight windows. You can't wait for guys to get open in the NFL. One-on-one coverage is open in the National Football League. If you're waiting for that guy to clear people, especially not in his own defense, then you get the kind of throw, Harry, that you mentioned where instead of just cutting it loose and trusting his offense and trusting his arm and trusting receiver to get in that spot, you get that kind of throw where you say to yourself, you cannot be making those kind of mistake throws in the red zone. With a chance of a point on the boards, a points on the board, excuse me, and then you you leave your offense begging and put even more stress on your defense. And,
1: and I will say this, Freddie, right? I understand it was third and 20, but also you got to have the mindset that, okay, I have two downs to potentially pick up this first no down. Doubt. No right? doubt. Right? Do I have to go for the gusto on this play or can I just try to get you know, 10 to 12, maybe 15 yards, so now we have a 4th and 5 or a 4th and 8, right? right? More Mm -hmm. reasonable. Good point. But if you're going to throw that pylon route, make sure you throw it in the correct manner where your guy is the only one that has a chance and not the opposing team.
0: Yeah, let let your guy get it or the pylon get it. Don't let the other guy get it on the other side. Romero in Miami, my friend, what you got to say in the Freddie and Harry hotline?
3: So I have a question. I see a couple of the contenders for the playoffs Mm -hmm. that in my eyes, they need offensive line help And I just wonder why you don't hear more often about big-name offensive linemen from teams that aren't contending
2: teams.
0: Because they don't let those guys get away. If you have a terrific offensive line like the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, you pay those guys to make sure that Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes do not have to worry about having happy feet in the pocket. Because last week was the first time I saw Jalen Hurts looked really confused by what the Jets were doing. you give credited to the defensive line, and Jeff Albrecht, the defensive coordinator, had a great scheme against them. That's one of the few times I've seen Jalen Hurts look uncomfortable in the pocket. Patrick Mahomes, they had offensive line issues early, but he never looked uncomfortable in the pocket. He trusted that we're going to figure this out. If you have an offensive line, or you don't have the right kind of backups, then you get what happened to Miami last night, where you got to play three different guys that were not starters, and they could not handle that defensive line rush of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll Bills.
1: take it to the Buffalo Bills, right? That's they don't have yeah. that all-star offensive lineman, and we've seen, especially yesterday, the New England Patriots be able to get a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. Even though they only had one sack, he was scrambling all day for us, like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. How many times do we see that, hey, Josh, go out and make a play? Nope. Go out there and do that. And the offensive line. We need some kind of plan here. We can't just say snap the ball to him and let him do it. That may work for a player to – But you got to have that consistency and a game plan that is going to work. Don't forget our Monday Night Football tonight. By the way, this Monday Night Football preview on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Can't wait to see how the 49ers come out. They may not have Trent Williams. He's doubtful. They're not going to have Debo Samuel, the outstanding wide receiver. He's out for two weeks with a hairline fracture. They believe they're going to have Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be there, even though he's listed as questionable with an oblique injury. I want to see what they look like after having that kind of loss last week, having those injuries coming out of that loss. And, oh, by the way, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you took a look at that tape from the Cleveland Browns and say, let's get that pressure on Brock Purdy and see exactly how he handles that and take the running game away and make them as one-dimensional as we possibly can when it comes to the 49ers.
1: Well, yeah, it's a copycat league. So whenever Mm -hmm. a team is able to have success against what a lot of people think thought to be – well, a lot of people know to be a high-powered offense with a lot of weapons, you got to take advantage of it, right? The San Francisco 49ers, they're going to be without Debo Samuel tonight. How can Brian Flores, who's the defensive coordinator of the uh, Minnesota Vikings, how can he take advantage of that, right? Also – when I look at Brock Purdy, I want to see how he's going to respond to not having his best game. He had Absolutely. a phenomenal last drive and was able to get them down there and missed a kick. But how is he going to be able to respond? I do think this offense is going to get back in sync tonight, even though they're going to be missing some key pieces moving forward.
0: Yeah, I wonder how Minnesota's going to do without Justin Jefferson because Kirk Cousins, that was his stuffed animal, to make sure he could sleep well at night. And now that stuffed animal was taken away by the parents and say, sleep in that bed by yourself. See if that makes that work for you, boy. <laughs> I want to see how the Minnesota Vikings without Justin Jefferson, although – I'll give credit. Addison has been really, really good for this football team. Yep. Maybe he can vault up to that number one spot to see if that exactly if that is going to happen. He's Harry Duggs. I'm Freddie Coleman. appreciate you joining us today on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. As always, keep cool. NLCS Game 6, Elimination Day for the Arizona Diamondbacks against the Phillies. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.